Oh, that's not a good intro. We'll just do a better intro. Of what? For the show. Oh, you mean like the... You know, the pre-stuff that you're never here for. But I've been here for. Lately. Whoops. Oh, I thought that might be hope, but it's not. It's just a reminder that I'm doing a podcast. Oh, that's good. It's good that your phone... (laughs) You should get to that. It's good that your phone reminds you of that. Yep. Oh, I'm doing a podcast. Because, I mean, it's only been like... Two weeks. Two plus years that we've been doing this thing. Rich was late today. He needed a reminder. When does he not? Walking until it's, building. It's rich. <laughs> All right, we ready to go. Now that, we got some. Now right? we got some material, right? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Guys, we don't have anything for the material. Oh, let's make jokes about rich. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Even More Mashed Up, Woo-hoo. a pop culture podcast brought Indeed. to you by Misericordia University. Featuring two professors. Oh, it's doing so good. What? Featuring? Featuring two professors. Featuring two professors talking about all things pop culture, sometimes coherently. I am Patrick. And I am Alan. I'm glad that you did that because what can I do to mess that up? Well, you know what? Today we're going to talk about? You made me do two openings today. Oh, I only true. had one in You that's asked true. to do the opening. We, fair point, too. <laughs> we're going to talk about Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Correct, Mundo. Not the 80s. Wrestling program, but the Netflix, the Netflix show about the 80s. Yes. Wrestling program. So I thought the best way to get ready for this show would for me to go onto the interwebs and take the quiz, which glow character am I? Why didn't you tell me to do that? I would have done that. I wanted to surprise you. Oh. So here's what I did. I took it four times because it turns out Whoa. different quizzes gave me different answers. So I can kept I going guess, until I got Can I, I guess the, which one you yes, are? Yes, yeah. That's what I want you guys to do. But you have to get the one that, that I got twice. So it should be very easy to guess which character I am because I got three different characters, which makes me question the validity of these quizzes. Oh, no. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Were you... And then you have to tell me why. Uh, oh, why? And Rich, you know the show, right? I'm looking at the glow characters right okay. now. Okay, good. So you're, uh, were you <laughs> Ruth Wilder? I was not Ruth Wilder. Yeah. Why would you think I would be Zoya the Destroyer? Well, no, because she is the second Bill behind Liberty Bell on the show. And oh, I felt like that so, sort of mirrored our dynamic. So you, so you, you think you're Liberty Bell. <laughs> Thank you. Comparable well, to Liberty let's Bell. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> Rich, what do you think? It turns out Zoya the Destroyer slash Ruth incorrect. Okay. I did not get Ruth in any of the iterations of the quiz I took. None. Okay. Rich. I'm looking up the people. Oh, for God's Patrick, sake. Patrick, take another guess. Yeah. Uh, Carmen? I did get Carmen okay. via BuzzFeed. Now, okay. why do you think Carmen? Also, um, Machu Picchu. I would say of all the characters? Yes. She seems the closest to you in terms of, like, pacifism. Like, she's not as yeah. as violent as the others. Okay. I, I, um, I that, appreciate that, that. I could see. I could see element of. I mean, obviously she's the wrestler, but um, right. But she seems to be the closest to you in terms of ethos. Okay. What BuzzFeed said was that I don't like to be the center of attention. She, it, it, BuzzFeed was pretty good. I don't like to be the center of attention, but that doesn't mean I don't want to experience life. I have a heart of gold. It shows in everything I do. I only got that once. Those were not my reasons. Yes. Okay. So, Rich, what do you think? Uh, you still, still haven't gotten who I got, though. I know. Well, didn't you well no, I got one. Yeah, but the, but not the one the, I got not twice. Not the double that you not count the, as the double. Action. The double is the one that is Right, me. but it's like Battleship. I hit your small ship. There you go. Now Rich, I got, I got the ship? big carrier to hit. What do you got, Rich? <laughs> I'm going to go with 
Gail Vankin, Sheila the She-Wolf? No, I did not get the She-Wolf at all. Okay. Patrick? Hmm. Not sure how this is working, so you might want to just guess quicker. Yeah, okay. This uh, is not a big uh, were, <laughs> Well, I didn't say, were you Liberty Bell? I was not Liberty Bell. Okay. No, Rich. Uh, you said no to Machu Picchu, Eddie. Uh, I said yes no, to Machu said Picchu. Yes, oh, that was a thank that you for coming at the show. Um, Black Magic. Yes, <laughs> I got. Wait, did you get Black Magic or Junk Chain? Both. Mm. I got oh, okay. Cherry, Junk Chain slash Black, Black Magic, Magic Bang. bang. <laughs> because I am, of course, as follows: according to Zimbio, athletic, experience, and a real leader. You're Black Magic, Voodoo Queen, and Master of the Dark Arts. Mm. All right, but neither one of you have gotten the winner, so you got a small ship. Rich got a small Is ship. Is it Sam? Did you get Sam? I did not get Sam. Okay. Rich. Mm. Wow. Hint, it was a wrestler. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was Bash. Okay. Uh, Tammy the Welfare Queen? No, I did okay. not get the Welfare Queen, who I want to talk about in some detail later. <laughs> yeah, we probably should. Not now. Okay, was it Fortune Cookie? No, it's not fortune cookie. Okay. Cause, well, because, you know. Because I do Asian American studies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought yeah. that might be something. Rich? Uh, who do we have left? B- Britannica? Britannica. Rich oh. wins. You got Britannica? Yes, on both Pop Buzz and Quiz Lady. And this was based mm-hmm, on. <laughs> okay, so Pop Buzz says, I'm Britannica. I am sweet, mm. badass, and in all mm. caps, a literal genius. Mm. Quiz Lady That's says. I will say. Oh, oh, Quiz Lady had no description. I will say, you yeah. are perhaps as much a genius. As Britannica. Wow. Are you making fun of her intelligence, sir? <laughs> no, I'm using her to make fun of yours, in case that wasn't clear. Which is predicated on her lack of. Yes. Okay. Just want to be clear. Yeah. But this is the closest we're ever going to get to talk about wrestling on the show, right? I always oh. tell you, Patrick, I want to do a show on 80s wrestling, and, and you we always are. say. What do I say? Absolutely not. Yeah. No. Will not happen. Why do you want to do a show on 80s wrestling? Just cause, like I could talk about the Iron Sheik for an hour. And yeah, it would be I, fascinating. I, I had <laughs> nobody exactly, wants to hear that. There he were two the years that toe. when yeah. I watched wrestling semi regularly. Yeah, ninety eight to two thousand. That's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, man, that, that was guy. when I was in Arkansas. <laughs> Getting my masters, I would I, watch. I make, I make no comment. I would about watch Arkansas WWE, but that is, that is the only era of wrestling that I have watched. All right. So here's what I one of the things I really loved that I know you want to talk about too is I really loved all the '80s touches. Oh yeah, in Glow, the music is oh my god, the music. excellent. Like oh. it's the fact that they open yeah. both seasons with "Scandals the Warrior." Yes, I love that song. Who doesn't love that? That's song? That's almost up there with Aha's take on me in terms of like. 80 songs that I love. Really? Like if, oh, I would not have guessed The Warrior. Oh, that was song got me into Scandal big time. That, like, I bought that album. I got you their got early albums. Scandal, yeah, I was big, big into time? Scandal. Wow. So I, you were the guy. I really liked War. Yeah, War. I loved Warrior. I the love song, that. The song, the video. Oh, the video was great. The, yeah. the song was great, but I never listened to another Scandal but yeah, song. And in my life. I cannot imagine a better song for Glow than right. Scandal's yeah. The Warrior. But also, like, kind of peppered throughout the show, the music's just really good. I it think. is. The only one I didn't care for was um, in season two. I think they opened early on with a Billy Joel song. That one I did not. It's I been did a while not, since I. I yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying they're all perfect. That one I did not feel great. But to me, the music they picked is very emblematically '80s music. Oh yeah, well because you know they had Hall and Oates on there. Yeah, they did. You make my dreams. They should. Like, made me very any, happy. like any show doing '80s music should. Separate have ways by Journey. It's a great song. So good. Yeah. Possibly the least objectionable song by Starship. Nothing's gonna stop us now. No, yeah, it's a good, 
maybe Sarah's up there, but I'm like, yeah. you know, it's not we built the city, which we is awful. No, come on. They build it on rock and roll, baby. Yeah. So, but yeah, oh yeah, 80s music. By the way, I'm not sure you can really build a city on rock and roll. Yeah. But yeah. Has anyone like really tried? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, the music is fantastic. Yeah, I love the mu- 80s music. Great. Love it. Way better than Stranger Things, by the way. Like, Stranger Things, especially season one, mm-hmm. tried to be like arty 80s music. Well, you know, this it was is, like, this is cool one of the things that I really. Music. And by the way, there is no cool 80s music. There's the kicker. No, there absolutely is. It's a different kind of cool. Mm. Um, that's, it, it, it's that's, not cool. Yeah, it's not that's cool. That's what you tell yourself cool. to feel better. But exactly. Sure. <laughs> it's one of the things yeah. that struck me watching Glow yeah. was immediately thinking about it in relationship to Stranger Things me and too. kind of representation of the 80s. And yeah. one of the things that struck me was that. And I think we talked about this when we did Stranger yeah. Things, was that it's a very nostalgic, kind of glossed over 80s. Like, the only monsters in Stranger Things are the monsters. Yeah. Glow, I thought, particularly in season two, yeah. dealt with the 80s much less through kind of a, a veil of nostalgia. That yeah. they dealt with that, particularly in season two, there were so many ways... That and again, not preachy like we we talked about in the Doctor Who episode, okay. where you could see that what they were talking about in the '80s is very much about today. Like when Ruth gets sort right. of of sexually harassed by the producer. Right. I want to come back to that too because I I think there's I think like there's a I, I found lot Glow, to like kind of thinking about, about Glow and Stranger Things in terms of their representation of the '80s. Yeah. I thought Glow's was a much more realistic, much less nostalgic version of the '80s. And yet, when we get to music, I think Glow is a subject matter. Mm-hmm fits the music that I associate with the 80s much better than Stranger Things does. I, mean, I, know, s- I know that horror films were big. I would say the that the music that Glow has when yeah. I think of the 80s yeah. is the music I like about the 80s. Stranger Things, I think their music choices tend to be the ones that I don't care for as much. I think they're, they want to be like, like hipster 80s music. I mean, not that there was such a term back, but you know, like like music that was cooler. Well, they're trying. Whereas not I like the stuff that you listened to in the eighties, which right. was popular. Do you, I think but there, but but again, season two of Stranger Things did a little bit more, took a more popular turn. It does in terms of the music. But I also think that in some ways, but there, there's two kinds of like eighties popular for me. Yeah, like there's the aha, and it's like you know, Take yeah. on Me and Warrior were number one songs on the top forty. Right. But then there's the Kenny Loggins and other right. things that that yeah. that the more kind of saccharine popular popular. Whoa, time out! You're trying to draw. I, I, I can see what you're trying to do as a Hall and Oates guy. You're trying to say they weren't Kenny, Kenny Rogers. I said Kenny Loggins. Oh, but well, Kenny Rogers. Kenny would Rogers would well. also be a guy. Yeah. Okay, I I hear what you're saying, but I think Stranger Things went for even like like they were looking for like more undergroundy kind of stuff. Yeah, I think they're in some ways I think they're trying too hard, but I think their their representation of the 80s yeah. is a much more sanitized version of the 80s. Yeah. And so well, even if those in kind a lot of, of ways more... the 80s get divorced from the show. Yeah. Like oh, like, the reality of the 80s, yes. Yeah. And season 2 they try to pull it in with like campaign signs in the yards and whatnot, yeah, but but it's still pretty. But I mean, I like Stranger yeah. Things, but watching Glow, yes. I you know, Glow just the way they deal with gender with race, with the AIDS epidemic, and things right, like but, that were much but more... The, it, to me, it's the topic, too. It, it, it's oh, the yeah. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling was such an 80s undertaking. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't fit the 70s, and it doesn't no. fit the 90s. Like, it could only have come in the 1980s, and that plastic yeah. kind of music, mm-hmm. popular, but to me, kind of, I'd always felt plastic a little mm-hmm. bit. To me, really fits the show. Yeah. Like, the, the music supports the show better. And that they shoot the opening video thing at the mall. 
Oh, that was fantastic. It's also like the great, the, the most 80s thing ever, the right? The other thing is that to I go love, to the mall and shoot I'm watching that episode, little, I'm like, yeah. they're at the mall in their costumes, yeah. and nobody is looking at them. Like, it's the 80s, it's the 80s baby. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like they're there in complete yeah. full-on costume, yep. and nobody blinks an eye at them in the mall. I'm like, yeah, that that's not terribly yeah. wrong. And there were two other moments that spoke to me that just like, as you're talking about, like really captured the 80s. Mm-hmm. When, spoiler alert, Liberty Bell comes out of the audience to challenge Zoya the Destroyer when they're shooting the pilot. Yes. It's, like, the most brilliantly 80s thing I've ever seen. It I got teary-eyed. It was, like, Mm. Rocky showing down Yvonne Drago. No, it sort of is a version of that. It is, right? And it's just, to me, it was this brilliant 80s moment. Like, if you want to know what the 80s felt like, that is a moment. In some ways, that I think really captures it for, for me. Season, I I really liked season. I liked season two much better than season one. Uh, season two raised questions for me, so I want to talk about that. I really liked season two. Season one, the characters they had moments, right? But there were a lot of times where they never seemed to verge beyond caricatures. It took them a while. And but season I w- two, I felt like I the characters argue became against much that more a little bit too. But one other '80s thing, real quickly, mm-hmm. that Bash has a robot butler. Full of drugs. That might be the moment where it reached caricature the most. I'm like, okay, yeah. this but is to not me, a like, realistic. What, actually, what my notes say is maybe the most '80s thing ever. Not in terms of like people actually had right robots, no, but in terms with of drugs. capturing the essence but of the, the 80s. ethos of the yes. '80s. I 100 agree that like that the 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 robot from Rocky. Yeah, right in Rocky Four, his he gives his kid that little robot that goes around yeah. and it looks just like Bash's robot, and yeah. of course it's loaded with cocaine because. Yeah. That's the eight. Is it a caricature? Yeah, but yeah. It, but it's a caricature that speaks to a truth yeah. about the eighties. To me, I'll give you that. Yeah, no, I mean it, it. It is. It is a moment of like that. Probably never happened in the eighties, right? And yet we wouldn't be surprised if it did. Right. Exactly. Right. That it is in and my so mind, kind of, but there, if yeah. not my lived experience. Yeah. Exactly. Like that robot ought to be the mascot for the eighties. In some ways, yes. Yeah, like Shaggy would be the '70s mascot. Yeah, in a Ruh-roh. robot full of drugs. <laughs> Ruh-roh. No, it'd be a Scooby bag, or whatever the bag. You mean a Scooby snack? Well, the box. Scooby. Would you like a Scooby bag? A Scooby bag, which is in Rich's <laughs> mind a box. Yeah. <laughs> a bag of boxes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And inside the boxes are more bags. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Back so, to the show. <laughs> One of the things you raised was, like, the way they're kind of addressing issues today mm-hmm. through the 80s. Mm-hmm. Right? Was that the point you were making? Yeah, well, the, the way in which that there were moments that the show, like, you recognize, like, I, maybe this is the way I phrase it. You recognize yeah. in its depiction of the 1980s, particularly in terms of gender, Yeah, you see the kind of society that um, produced a Kavanaugh. Yes, that yeah. that like yeah. you look at that and and the kind of society that women then and now are still having to tolerate, yeah, are becoming less tolerating of. Yes, um, but and that, I think that that was something that really raised, struck me. But without the, ever doing kind of the preachy, this is what we're doing, right, right. But there are a lot of moments where I was like, particularly like the moment yeah. where um, Ruth sort of gets sexually harassed by the producer, yeah. Like that, that's just exact, that that kind of right. thing was just normal right? in the 80s right. and is no longer being accepted as normal. Right. So one of the things that struck me, struck me is that clear the juxtaposition, they're trying to, to juxtapose the 80s show, mm-hmm. which was 
grounded as deeply as you could ground anything in sexism oh, and patriarchy and misogyny. Like it was, yes. it was the apex Don't of all racism. The, well, but we're talking about gender yeah. right now. Like I, I'd like to do racism next if yeah. we could. Yeah. But yeah, but like like all the worst of that sort of mm-hmm. anti-female, right. anti-woman, you know, comes in this show. But they want to juxtapose this god awful show with the show they're making today that works or at least wants to work the empowerment angle mm-hmm. because they definitely they want to show you like Ruth getting sexually harassed right, right? and that's like it's an excruciating scene because you it see is. it coming the whole time you do. it's the other she thing too, doesn't that, she doesn't right? and the other thing too but is as a viewer is, you see it coming Allison Brie acted it amazingly because until she walked out yeah I did not know what she was going to do and I was in kind of this this moment of horror yeah. Where it's like, oh God, is this going to go? Because the truth of the matter the is, going to. because more than likely, you know, that's what would have. 80s culture ends her up with her out getting raped, probably right? Not what would have happened. Yeah, right, exactly. But the show throughout, like when it, in her walking out, but also mm-hmm. like Ruth sees more power for her in the Glow show mm-hmm. than for women elsewhere in Hollywood. Oh yeah, right. She can't get a job anywhere else, and not only does she get a job, but she becomes really sort of the creative engine mm-hmm. of the show. Oh, yeah. But it's not just Ruth. All of the women are taking charge of their lives in different ways, right? So Machu Picchu wants to wrestle, even though her dad says girls don't do that. Right, right? and so, brothers. Right, so she's asserting herself. Liberty Bell has to deal with her wayward husband, you know, who's like a classic 80s guy. Oh, yeah. In all the wrong ways, mm-hmm. like in all the bad ways. Um, Welfare Queen and Junk Chain, even they create like their own match versus the Ku Klux Klan on their own. Yeah, that was a little, that was a little we'll come. Much. We'll come back to that one. Debbie later notes directly that wrestling has let her take control of her body again. Mm-hmm. Like, directly, she says, Oh, yeah, like wrestling, after her childbirth. Yeah, yeah, is my way of controlling my body. It's not my son mm-hmm. who controls me anymore. It's not my husband who controls right. me anymore. So there's empowerment. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if we have to be careful about mistaking today's politics for yesterday's realities. Mm. You're reading the show rightly, right? I don't right. think they're trying to say this is the reality of the 80s in every way. Right. But we can celebrate the empowerment too much, like in a like mm-hmm. we're attacking it today, right. and not appreciate maybe what these women went through entirely. Well, the creators, uh, the the creators of the show, kind of I saw the article where they talked about they saw the show or they see the show as exploring the aftermath of the women's movement of the 1970s, right? And kind of asking whether things got better in the wake of it, and very yeah. much they want to. They talk about what they want to do in the show is maintain a tension between the idea of GLOW as empowering for women, yeah. but also exploitative of women. And I think they do a better job of that in season two yeah. than season one. Because Vicky and I had a long conversation about it. Because right? if the show is about empowerment, and you can find some reviews of the show that are very negative, mm-hmm. complaining about like faux empowerment, right. like what seems like empowerment but really mm-hmm. isn't. Like Let's assume that these women, Ruth and Carmen and all the rest of them actually found some empowerment through mm-hmm. Glow. How much is really accomplished if these 12 women find empowering jobs, but jobs that produce a show right. that does the opposite for women in the real world, mm-hmm. right? That Ruth can kind of say to herself, right. I have empowerment. Like, I've, I've, I'm a creative force mm-hmm. and I've got an acting gig. Like, I've got a job. Right. I'm making it on my own. But she's doing it in a way that perpetuates images and attitudes mm-hmm. about women that makes it worse for 
everybody else living in yeah. American society. Well, but it, it, I, I think it very much speaks to kind of a way in which women were and still are trapped. Right. Um, that, that there's a way, yeah, I mean, again, that, that whatever empowerment they're finding, it's a personal form of empowerment. Right. It's not a more global, it, it, it's not an empowerment of their gender. It's that these individual women right. are finding, a, and I don't even know if empowerment is quite the right word, but an identity or... Well, with wrestling, like, the power just seems like the natural yeah. way of phrasing it. But, but, and that's how most but, things talk about but, it. But, I mean, Ruth does seem to have more agency or more control. Yeah, I think I, think I might like agency yeah. better than... However however you want to phrase it, that, right? But, yeah, but, I mean, it is, that it's, it is kind of this interesting way. In way and, again, I think it, it, in its own way, I think it captures sort of um, the box that women were and are kind of stuck in. And reminding us that that box doesn't mean that women, all the women in it are a monolith. Right. That they all imagine the same solutions or yeah. that they all face the same problems, mm -hmm. right, inside that box. Yeah. And so to me it was, it was a, a, a question to ask, but I, I think we should ask the question about the show too because mm -hmm. I think the show is trying to show. When you like, say the show, do you mean Netflix, Netflix. or Glow? Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Netflix is saying – Debbie says – Wrestling has let me take control of my body again. Mm -hmm. Like, she says that directly. Right. In season two, I think the show does, like, I think there are a couple pretty substantial missteps. If mm. that's the message they're trying to send, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that Debbie now has control of her body. One scene she realizes her marriage is done for, like it's over. She, she has this kind of breakdown in her bedroom. Yes. And she does it in her underwear. Mm. Right, like that they have to have her literally just in brawn yeah. panties. Like she can't be dr fully clothed right. to have this. And then there's later in the season, um, there's the episode with her shower. The shower scene, yeah. Right, which again, both of those scenes I think can be read as somewhat gratuitous. Mm -hmm. In a show that's purporting to make a point about Debbie, I now control my body. Yeah. The actress playing Debbie. Well, and a show that still, by and large has not been gratuitous in that way. Right. Because I would say, yeah, the shower it, scene in season two. The, the, like, the, the scene where she's in... In, in her underwear yeah. and the scene where she's taking the shower yeah. are both, I think, like they really jump out at you because yeah. they're so unlike mm -hmm. so much of what the show has done. Right. And it seems to directly contradict the point we're just talking about. Yeah. Like if, if this is really a show that's like kind of arguing that Debbie is controlling her body, mm -hmm. well, Netflix still controls her body. Yeah. Right? Like the director, like, like the people making this still control her body, and I don't see how you can argue that those scenes are made for anything but the male gaze. Yeah. No, I don't right? – well, they, like, they, they are made for men to look at. Well, I mean, I would add the um, – in season one, we get a sex scene between Ruth and Debbie's husband. Yeah. We get a sex scene between Debbie and the, the wrestler um, guy that she hooks up with very yeah. briefly. Yeah. Um, and I would add, though, like, though, those are – added to the list of sort of of gratuitous kind of moments yeah um in right. a show that that by and large isn't as gratuitous as you might expect it to be based on the premise given what it is right they, they've actually created like female uh, the female characters seem fairly human mm -hmm. like they're not these sort of idealized bodies mm -hmm. in, in lots of ways i think yeah. in the show and yet yeah like there's still these moments that suggests like the problems that we've been talking about, the yeah. problems from the '80s, the problems that continue today, yeah. are clearly still here, even in well-intended material yeah. that's trying to address sexism. I mean, you maybe could have. I think part of it is I think maybe you could read the shower scene 
particularly sort of bashes walking in and being sort of befuddled. Yeah. That maybe there is a way that they were going for. Yeah. That he's entering into kind of a female space and and is is out I, of place. But the way they film it, I it ab- does objectify her. I appreciate that that might have been the intent. Yeah, I don't think but, they executed it. But watching it, I don't see how you can see it as anything but sort of classic '80s titillation. Yeah, it like is. that's the kind of scene yeah. you see in every '80s mm-hmm. movie, right? Like it, it, it's always there. Yeah. And so, to me, I just. I wanted to kind of talk about what I feel mm-hmm. like they're trying to do for these women yeah. and for thus women in general, but the way in which the show still struggles to overcome yeah. those kinds of problems in American society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. Okay, how about race then? Okay, or- how about race? <laughs> oh, boy. It does really good. See, now, I w- you don't like season one so much, but episode three, season one, is one of my favorites. Which one was that? It's the one where the, the show within a show find itself. Mm. Like, the women are there, but they... Oh, like, right. Like, how are we going to get people to watch mm-hmm. it? What's going to make it interesting? Um, it, where they figure out the answer, of course, in American pop culture and entertainment is for the women to play really simple characters. Right. Grounded in really in, gross stereotypes. Yep. Right? Like... Beirut, like, fortune cookie, Arab terrorist, chain. Yeah. deceitful Asian... A welfare queen, mm-hmm. um, literally, um, junk chain, like mm-hmm. all of them, they become um, stereotypes. Yeah, and that's when they get seen. That's mm-hmm. when people want to pay attention to them. They yeah. don't want to know them as human beings. Mm-hmm. They want to know them as right. sexualized stereotypes. And to me, like, there's this real power here, like, because it's it's talking, especially about. Like, because it happens after we know they're real people. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to know well, them as real people. See, part of it, I, I would say to some extent. I okay, don't know that we show, know all of them as real people at that point. Like, I would say Ruth. Right. Maybe I'm reading back Debbie, a little bit. Yeah, Carmen a little bit. but Because that's my yeah. issue is, is yeah. that a lot – beyond kind of the, the main characters right. – Okay, but in the, the other rest ones of, in season one don't really break out as much. But over the course of the rest of the show, they become real people. Oh, yeah, in season, yeah. But known only as stereotypes, right? Yes. Real people known as stereotypes. And that's like the light bulb moment where you realize wrestling is, and this is why we should do a show on just wrestling at some point. No, we shouldn't. I'm not wrestling fighting. is exactly who we are. This is our show on wrestling. Right. I was not aware you were that much into wrestling. I'm not, but I'd love to do a show on wrestling. <laughs> I think it would be fun. But wrestling is then and now exactly how we are as Americans. Mm. It's exactly how we see people. Mm. That's exactly what we want. We don't want to know real people. We don't want to take the time to understand the complexity of people's experiences who are unlike ours because mm. we don't have the energy to empathize or the desire to empathize. What we want are really stock characters that yeah. will entertain us. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of... And to um, me, it's just like, wow. Like, uh, that, I thought, was a, a truth worth kind of thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the show on more of a narrative level or sort of on a meta level that they they start to challenge that particularly right. in season two season two more more particularly directly some of, particularly yeah. like i think of beirut yeah and how you know we really start to see in season two that she really chafes against portraying that stereotype right. we learn you know about her having been in medical school right we start to see her romance with yolanda which i really like the way they they started that yeah um that we start to see the sh- the 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 show Kind of on a on a I guess on a meta level, right? Starting to question that in a way that clearly did not actually happen, 
right. in the reality the show is representing. Right. Well, we don't know – like, I don't know. Maybe you do if Beirut in the 80s or whatever the a character's name – Oh, the, no, I don't know that like any of these they characters were the against it in the I don't 80s. know that any of these characters are actually glow characters. But they all existed of that type. If, yeah. if it was a different name. Yeah. Like, they still had – Terrorist, right? They still had I, that. I don't know. Um, okay, but little bit of research I did didn't show a ton of parallels. Yeah. Well, Liberty of, like, Bell direct... has a clear parallel, and Zoya yeah. the Destroyer has a. Because Vicky and I watched the Glow documentary. Yeah, see, I haven't watched the Glow documentary, which is totally worth watching at yeah. some point. Like, it's a really eye-opening kind of experience too. So, but also part of me is I didn't want to get too. I didn't want to know too much about the actual glow. Yeah. Because you know how I am about shows that twist versions of history unrecognizably, like Frost Nixon. When they changed one thing that and, gave us and, the historical truth that and, you but it did to. See, but I disagree. Right. Uh, so anyway. So anyway. I don't want to get bogged down in yeah. judging this okay. show based on its, its representation of history. But having said that, I, I really like what the show's trying to do there. Mm-hmm. That we don't want to see these women as individual women or human beings we yeah. want to see them as sexualized stereotypes but how effective is this really as social commentary mm-hmm. like does it really work so let's think about the, like the welfare queen for example yeah she worries in both seasons mm-hmm. about the character she portrays so in yes. season one like sam kind of dismisses her he's like no we're slapping at republicans right, right. like like we're mocking republicans for the because the welfare queen was a real thing. Oh yeah, in the 1980s. Not that I meant. Not that I mean in real life, but it was a real idea. It was a real idea that was per, that was purported by by Ronald Reagan, Reagan yeah. and, and, and and the right wing in this country yeah. that we shouldn't have welfare because right. they were taking their welfare checks and buying fancy cars. They were driving Cadillac. Yep. I guess it's like a poor person having an iPhone today. Yeah. Well, what was it that? Like the, I, I think they had like they always. It comes up every once in a while that thing on Fox News. Fox News of like. Here's what people are using their welfare checks to buy. Did you they just call buy them Fox News? I, I kind of like. Um, they're <laughs> buying know. microwaves. They're yeah. buying TVs. How yeah. dare they're they? They're buying right. refrigerators. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. that's awful. That they're going to preserve their food. Yeah. Terrible people. Yeah. Um, and heat it up later. But, yeah. But the. <laughs> How dare they? The, the welfare. You should only buy enough food to eat it right now. Yeah. And exactly. Then be done with yeah. It. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's why everything's so canned. They're buying mattresses. Right. But the, but the welfare queen, to get back to, to Glow, right. worries about it, especially how her Stanford-attending son. I really liked that episode. I did, and then I didn't. Mm. Um, but So we could talk about that first. Yeah. Like, so um, her son actually finds out. Mm-hmm. Right, She goes to Stanford for Parents' Day or whatever, yeah. and um, white folks recognize her yep. as the welfare queen. Mm-hmm. And he's really upset, and he goes and watches. To me, I really loved the episode until the ending where I felt like it was a little too pat. Yeah. He gets upset. They have a talk about it. She drives him back to Stanford. He drives. That's She's right. She's sleeping in the car. And that's it. That's the end of it. Well, I think it was meant to be, because I think they he says something about like stopping to get something to eat. I, I think there was kind of, there was meant to be a reconciliation sort of between right. them. No, which, I think I, which I can see is your... That it's the like, reconciliation feels pat and a little too easy to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that. I mean... I mean, part of it is that I just see it as a reconciliation between them. Between a mother and a son. Between a mother and a son. And not, and not really having any more significance than that. Okay. That um, he can live with it. Yeah. That, that, but well, to but, me, well I because like I think it parallels the moment earlier in the episode where, like, the, the white girl greets him by some other black kid's name. Yeah. And then they run into the black kid 
right. who literally he's like two right. feet shorter, like nothing like him nothing at all. At all like, and and I, I I liked the idea of no, them no. reconciling with each other, yeah, because they have sort of a a shared experience. Okay, but the show then kind of moves on beyond it. It like, well, that's that's the problem. Like I could see that. Like yeah. it's so contained in this episode. In a way, it is. And but I, I understand that the show's not about her. Yeah, but it would be. It would be to me that's something that needs. It needs more attention and more time. It could. I could also argue. What I would argue Arsenal? is that. Yeah. In okay. terms of like dealing with the racial issues. Rich, wake up. I'm awake. The best they could really do. Yeah. Is achieve some kind of reconciliation between the mother and son because society because anything beyond that is going to feel artificial and ridiculous. That's fair. But even the reconciliation between them. I, I didn't quite feel it. I, I was okay with it. I mean, okay. I, I, I could see where I, it happened I a see, bit fast. I see where you're coming from, oh. too. But I just felt like to really make that point, yeah, there needed to be a little bit more attention spent. Oh, I I, I would it. like to – yeah, I, I mean, my concern would be, yes, yeah, so this was our one episode on welfare, Korean, and race. Right, and now and we're going to And now we're not going to do – we're never going to go back to it again. It, but so And so it, in – like we did our racial episode, right? And kind of doing a parody of the '80s yeah. or a critique of the '80s. It's become the '80s in a way, yeah. In kind of a token approach to this, yeah. Like, I I could see right, that. Like, oh, now we've done race. Yeah. Now we're gonna do homosexuality. Yeah. Now we're gonna do you know, and and in that way, yeah. Given the Doctor Who conversation we had, you have that kind of artificial. Right. It feels artificial. Well, and I and I would say particularly if you think, I mean, in terms of the the show is dealing with homosexuality. I mean, that's been dealt, particularly in terms of Bash, that's been much more of a slow-burning storyline. Yeah. Whereas, you're right, this was kind of the, this was the race episode. Right. And so, yeah, I, I can see kind of, I mean, I thought as, as the episode about race, I sort of, I thought it did about as well as it could. Okay, fair. Um, I, I, I see your critique in terms of, like, it's, it's, it's kind of their one-off, and we've done that, and now we're going to deal with other things. We've done a segregated episode on yeah. race, and now we'll move and do other things. Yeah. Although they do do one in season one where Junk Chain and Welfare Queen take on the KKK. Yes. Um, there's not much in that for me, but the director's commentary is golden. Oh, so I haven't watched the director's commentary. Oh, no. The, the, no the, I mean, the guy who's the, the announcer. Oh, the announcer. Was that Bash? Um, was a different yeah, I, answer at that I point. Think it, I don't remember who's doing it, but he says, this is not for kids. Well, maybe you're never too young to learn about our country's history of racial injustice. Yeah. I don't think that probably showed up on, like, the real glow. No. I, you know, I things are not know. going well for the white supremacists. Yeah. Funny, but I'm not sure it's getting us. Yeah. Well, and that, 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 again, that's my issue with season one in general, is that there's a lot of stuff like that that, for me, just kind of, of rang flat. Yeah. Um, well, more so than in season two. It, it's kind of it's like such with, an, with, it's kind of like with Riverdale in yeah. that, like season one Riverdale, I wasn't really a big fan of, and then like the season two premiere had me all in. Yeah, for reasons I can't explain, and then of course season two became kind of a hot mess. Yeah, and season three, ugh. no, yeah, um, but, but I do, I will say that but it's um, an ensemble, so it takes more time. It is, right, but I will say Glow, I think has made you know Glow, I for me season two maintained in the way that Riverdale did not. Yeah, I, I thought I found season two a little more up and downish because mm. there were the moments where I felt like like if we're gonna do if we're gonna make race an issue in the show, we ought to treat it with a little more care yeah. or a little more attention or yeah, time. I can see that. Um, and I felt like the Debbie stuff in particular, the way in which she becomes objectified mm -hmm. in a show that purports to show women not yeah. being you know or finding ways around it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, 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 so to be season two had some missteps. Yeah. Well, and that's my concern for the show. 
kind of going forward. Yeah. Is that, uh, you know, the one of the producers is is Genji Cohen, who's been behind Orange is the New Black. She was behind Weeds. Boy, Orange is the New Black did not have legs. Well, like, and that's really, my concern is, is, that, is, that, is that Genji Cohen, like, Weeds was really good for, like, the first three seasons, yeah. and then they did kind of a really big change in premise. Yeah. And it kind of became very uneven at that yeah. point. And my concern is that, particularly at the end of season two, where they're now going to the Vegas show, right. and the way in which the, like, the strip club guy that shows up in the next to last episode and then is kind of the solution to their problem in the last episode, I was like, yeah. well, that felt forced. Yeah, I right. feel like we... My concern is that Glow has already kind of hit the point where... I feel like... We're going into the slide. But Vicky and I both I watching these fears. it felt like season two had moments of slippage already. Yeah. That... I felt it slipped towards... I felt good about season two yeah. right up until the last episode and a half. The yeah. marriage... Yeah. Uh, the strip club guy becoming the like the moment yeah. he showed up, I'm like, well, he's clearly going to be the sponsor of the show going forward. Vicky became skeptical skeptical of season two fairly early. Mm. Actually, for me, there were moments of skepticism, and I think you're right. Like the last couple episodes, feel like, oh my god, we've got to get them to Vegas. Yes, exactly. And plot hammer. Yeah, and so I do. I I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, Allison Brie is brilliant. Like she is. anything she does, is, she's just so good at yeah. acting. Mm-hmm. Um. But I do have some concerns about season three. Yeah, I just... The, I mean, maybe the, we'll come back to it at some point. Yeah, the radical change, and I'm just like, I don't... You know, this is a radical change in premise. Yeah. Shows by Cohen that do this, generally, that, that it just seems like it might be too far of a departure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And a final question, though, about the show is social critique. Mm-hmm. Does anybody watch it as social critique? It goes back... Yeah. Have I talked to you about the, the argument Vicky and I had about the Wolf of Wall Street? Uh, I think so, yeah. Which is the Leo DiCaprio 80s Wall Street film, which shows you all the excesses of the 80s. And it's meant to be a critique, but all, all, the it, really, sex and but all it really kind of does is yeah. show the excess to be really right. fantastic. The, the, Scorsese clearly means for you to watch all of this excess and be, like, it, it's supposed to and make be you horrified, sick, yeah. right? Like, you're, you're supposed to be horrified, and you're supposed to be sick to your stomach mm-hmm. that you would treat women and people who aren't, you know, heteronormative white right. guys you know, so, so, so incredibly shabbily. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a great critique of the 80s. And Vicky's like, no, it looks like a huge party. Right. Right, that a lot of people yeah. go to the Wolf of Wall Street and they're like, man, I'm going to go. I'm gonna, oh, they're absolutely were people, I'm gonna I think. Go, go to work on Wall Street. That's so, what I want to do, yeah. I'm I had this man, conversation my with chance. my students afterwards yeah. and some of them said, look, I had, I had roommates. None of them admitted themselves. Right. Maybe it was true of them too, but I had roommates, like conversation in the cafeteria, like, my God, like what a, what a great life. Mm-hmm. And so... It gets back to the point we were arguing with Rebecca on Doctor Who, too. Like, how much can you trust the audience to read this as a critique right. of race and gender in the 80s and now? Right. And how much is the audience watching it because there's naked women mm-hmm. in showers? Right. What's your answer? Yeah, no, I, I, I think... Yeah, no. It's a concern. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that sums it up. I, I think, again, Glow is... A show that's again, as we talked, as I mentioned with Doctor Who, it's it's trying to thread a needle, right? Um, that historically has been very difficult for Agreed. American pop culture to thread. Yeah, you know the the examples of American pop culture that pull it off are much fewer than the ones that yeah. kind of, you know, go off the cliff. It's really hard to do. It's really hard to do. Um, well, and it's also like in, in Wolf of Wall Street. You know, I don't think at any point it shows. Uh, I don't know what the character characters even called, like his, the character's name, but like he never seems to suffer because of any of 
Well, he gets caught in the end. But yeah. does he? But, but like then at the end, he gets to give that speech. Like the real guy. So like he still gives this but speech. Yeah. He still wins. So in the same right. way, glow it, and exactly. Whatnot, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. Because didn't hand, even it like the shows it, but if it also yeah. doesn't say it's bad. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Didn't yeah. the daughter of the guy yeah. that Wolf of Wall Street is based on like not like the film? I don't remember. I, that, I, I, that I don't know. The daughter was like. The daughter was like, whoa, no, my dad sucked. Like, what are you doing? Well, the thing is. The film shows him as a as a sucky guy. Yeah, like he's a, he's a terrible but, guy but in a, in a lot cares, of ways. He wins. But he wins. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that gets back Even to Doctor Who because he somehow wins. Because well, in America, and, all we care about is winning, right? Well, like as that, long as you get elected president, or you yeah. you you get out of jail, and you get a movie made about you, or you're a yeah. celebrity, nothing else matters. Well, I think probably in terms of going back to Glow, I think in terms of my biggest concern in that regard is Sam's character. Yeah, and kind of the way in which that that. He's clearly on a kind of redemptive arc, and I'm not sure he's a character that deserves redemption. The show should not. And in, in fact, if you watch the Glow documentary, yeah, that guy really doesn't want to come to the reunion they're putting together. Like yeah. When they make the the Netflix show, mm-hmm. somebody's like, "We should make a documentary," and they try to get all the women together for like a reunion, yeah. and he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And the, the women talk about like the way he made fun of like the, their legs being too flabby mm-hmm. or like them not looking good enough or they're not Yeah, I mean that's the problem is that I feel enough. like yeah, why I, would he want to be held accountable for that? Yeah. Well, of course not. <laughs> he but abel- he but that's the point is, is if we're going to if we're going to redeem like sh- him, I'd like yeah. the show to yeah. hold him more accountable. It's Sam's he, character for his awfulness yeah. than it does. Like we see moments of awfulness. Right, but but he gets off the hook. And Ruth always serves to redeem him in yes. some way. Well, like, and the the romance between the two is clearly meant to redeem him. Humanize. I just. I think if the show really wants to make a social commentary, it can't redeem Sam. Yeah. Like no, Sam I, I agree. Cannot be redeemed. Once you redeem him, like any social commentary you've tried to make in this thing, yeah. it's already been undermined by the shower scene and the bathroom. Right. Well, scene and the and, problem is, the is that we're all scenes, right? we're is already the, by the end of season two, we're well into the redemption of Sam. Like right. the choice to not redeem Sam has already been made, and they're redeeming yeah. him because he's like, oh look, he's not the terrible parent. Like, it's the he mom. could be hit by a bus yeah. in that episode, and he'd still be you know, halfway like, redeemed or whatever. So, right. but yeah, yeah, I mean, no, that's, that's the problem that's is, is that Sam, like, there's moments where you see the awfulness of of Sam, right? But they tend to get glossed over and and, right, and because, sort of, of redeemed because from later. Guys are allowed to do that, yeah. Right, like you're still allowed to be a jerk and a terrible person, mm-hmm. and a woman will redeem you, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a woman's job is what yeah. I still think the message girls are given today, right? Is like mm-hmm. your job is to find that terrible bad guy mm. and redeem him. Well, what was it, um, uh, Ariana Grande, when her ex? committed suicide right there were all kinds of people that were like why didn't she you know do more for him right he wrote a whole album about her she should have appreciated that yeah and i think right. she pushed back on it and basically said my job is not to make him better yeah. like i tried for two years or what have you and and yeah. you know and right. i was done and especially like when it's drugs and whatnot yeah. like you can't make somebody better as it turns yeah. out but there's still the expectation that women will and should right, right. and if you don't want to then you're some yeah. kind of ice princess. Yeah. Well, and again, it does kind of gloss over a little bit because it lets Sam off the hook. Yeah. For much of the same things that say the television executive that tries to to proposition right uh, Ruth right. doesn't get off the hook for right. You know that that but, that. but he's just he's just a stock passing character. Right. But that but the issue is that Sam is that same kind of guy. Bingo. And and yeah. they they let him and so you know that that in terms of the show. 
really like I, I think of of um oh god what was the movie we saw with the the horse people sorry to bother you thank you i couldn't remember yeah. the title sorry oh to god, bother such you a, such a good like movie. that's not a film that let anybody off the hook like that is stark <laughs> yeah yeah no the horse people yeah, you, you just got, gotta watch it. You've got to watch it. Yeah, but under, forget but, that he said horse people. Yeah, okay. but you, yeah, as that. a calm guy, you have to watch. Sorry to bother you. Like, but yeah, but like that's film. a film. Like like I would. Right. I wish Glow was more like that. It's unflinching. And it's represent- that movie yes. does not flinch. It's like The Wrestler, which is another movie that just like looks at the ugly truth and yeah. refuses to and stop that's the, looking and that's at the it. Right. Glow, I think, has already started to flinch a little bit in terms of Sam. Now, Mark Maron I plays agree. him spectacularly. Absolutely. Um, but. But I, yeah, they let him off the hook. They flinch a little bit. Yeah. In terms of, you know, yeah, we want to show how bad things were for women in the yeah. '80s, but there's still going to be, you know, the Sam that can be redeemed. And he's he should be and was emblematic of all that was wrong. Right. So like, once you redeem all that was wrong, well, and that's the you problem. know what you have. They want him to be what, you, emblematic of all that was wrong. Yeah. But also want people to like him. That and those is, don't work together. Kavanaugh. Yeah. It's literally Kavanaugh mm-hmm. to a T, right? Like, we yeah. want to say that that kind of behavior is awful, but it's not. Right. It's unacceptable, but it's not. But it's not. Yeah. But it's not unacceptable. Well, it's acceptable from everyone else, but not this person that we like. Well, yeah, but that person being the man in this right. situation, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, when, when Kavanaugh was testifying, like, all the stuff that people were saying about a party, partying in the 80s mm-hmm. and everything – rung so true of course it did like it just it's like yeah like i grew up in the 80s like mm-hmm. i know what the 80s looked like the yeah. one the one professor somewhere wrote you know like if you didn't do this to women in the 80s you're not a real man I, yeah i saw it, yeah you know it's just like mind-boggling mm-hmm. but you know what the truth is that's a lot of what the that's 80s lot, looked yeah. like you know that's what women were subjected to yeah all the time and yeah. so if we're going to do it for kavanaugh yeah why wouldn't we do it for, well, and for I think Sam and Glow, right? And, and, like, it's, and, that's the process. And not just because, I mean, you know, they, they do try to do stuff in terms of, like, when Debbie becomes the producer and Sam and Bash yeah. both not treating her equally. Right. But both Bash and Sam get redeemed. Right. You know, in the sense of, you know, clearly they've got the, the idea of Bash as sort of struggling with his sexual identity. Yeah. Um, and, and ways in which that are clearly meant to redeem him. So, like, your two male leads. Right. Are ultimately both kind of redeemed, flawed, but in ways that you can see the redemption built yeah. into the flaw. And, and and they're the only men you see that aren't in some kind of passing role. And isn't that what happened to like every guy that came out of the eighties? Yeah, right. Is that it didn't matter? Yeah, how you treated women? Yeah, maybe it still doesn't matter. Yeah, well, how you I, treat I, women. I, well, I think the Kavanaugh hearings kind of show pretty yeah. starkly that it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, watching sort of old white guys waggle their fingers yeah. at women who are testifying is is a stunning commentary oh, no. on or even on, just people saying they're like yeah no I believe her but yeah. we want him on the bench because we want to win right like again yeah. it's it's that that's or saying I believe her but it wasn't Kavanaugh yeah you know like all of these things we do mm-hmm. to distance ourselves from what we're really doing which is redeeming yeah Kavanaugh we're yeah, redeeming Kavanaugh's yeah. we're redeeming Sam like we're redeeming yeah. Sam's is what we're doing mm-hmm. And it's built. It's it. It feels baked into the show. Yeah. Like there's never a moment I'm watching that show where I think Sam's not going to get redeemed. No, no, no. Right. Like it's it's just it's baked in, and that no, is if, tragic. And yeah. if it does that, whatever good it's done, mm-hmm. it's it, it's like saying, yeah, I believe that Ruth was assaulted, but I don't believe that Sam did it. Yeah. Like that's that's going to be the takeaway from the show, which mm-hmm. means you're denying that Ruth was assaulted. Yeah. In any meaningful way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah it's it's, I think so we both see real 
warning signs. We do. Yeah, like, well, and again, like I, I think, again, the show, danger. in terms of that issue of female empowerment and representation of gender, like, the show is a mixed bag. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, again, you know, I think Genji Cohen in general, yeah. Orange is the New Black, Weeds, you can kind of see a track record yeah. of yeah. some of that. Like, yeah. like meaning yeah. well, but the execution at times... Yeah. Which could, could undermine a series that had real potential. Yeah. I mean, again, like, and, and again. If they I, don't get season three right. You know, it doesn't take away from particularly Allison Bree's. Agreed. Spectacular performance. Yeah. Uh, she's um, unbelievably good. Um, you know, there, there's just, yeah, she's just, uh, she's good in everything she does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, you know, again, it, it's kind of painted itself somewhat into a corner. I'm afraid it has. Particularly with, with nuts, with, I mean. It inher- you know it sort of inherited a corner with the women in the show, right? In terms of the limits, in terms of what they can do versus empowerment and exploitation, it's painted itself into a corner with Sam and and yeah. Bash and the other men, right? Um, yeah. In that it's kind of it's kind of stuck with a mess of its own making. In that, you know, Mark Maron is an incredibly charismatic actor. Yeah, he's perfect for this role. Yep. Um, but because of the role, it, it's having to do something with gender in terms of, of masculinity. And because he's a star. That's problematic. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely agree. Absolutely Because really, agree. when I think about it, like I thought about this, like really the men in – the only man who doesn't kind of suck is probably Russell, the camera guy. Yeah. Um, Ooh, the guy that used to, guy. The guy that used to film porn is one that actually has <laughs> a somewhat enlightened view <laughs> of <laughs> women <laughs> as far as we can tell. Yeah. Uh, and yet we know that, right. that that relationship is doomed. Yeah. Because you have to have Ruth and, and and Sam. If that if that yeah, I mean, but but Russell's the only one that's a halfway decent, and maybe even more than halfway decent man on the show. Most far. Yeah. What does he look that much better just because of everyone else he's compared to? That helps. It helps. Yeah. Well, because I thought for sure the moment like he and Ruth broke when when Ruth kind of broke things off with him, I was like, okay, Ruth is clearly going to want to get back together with him at some point. Yeah. He's going to have slept with Brooklyn or someone else at that point. Yeah. Now I was glad they didn't go that direction. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but that's the problem. Is is Russell's the only one who actually I think treats at least Ruth with some kind of respect. Right. Uh, he's also the one we know the least about. He's the one we know the least about. He's the least developed. Yeah, and 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 we kind of know that that his time on the show is is limited. One assumes. Um, yeah. You know, he's the one man not in really need of redemption. Right. But of course, he's sidelined. Yeah. Right. Because the good guy always is. Right. Yeah. Because so, there's no there's no drama yeah. or interest. In that, well, that's depressing. But I do have a more optimistic point that we can yeah, start moving like, towards I'm, an ending on. I'm feeling much worse about this show than I did when I walked in the door. We yeah. talked about pacifism on Doctor Who. We did. We can talk about veganism in Glow. Yeah, we no, we can't. Uh, yeah, we can't. Bye, no. everyone. <laughs> you, Kate Nash, who plays Britannica, yes. Um, also, you know, fairly well-known singer, has gone vegan. Oh, okay. And has done it in part to prepare for the role. On the mm. show, but the article actually says, like, is giving these women a, a platform from which to speak. Yeah, and which I think is is pretty awesome. So Nash said in an interview, "quote When you're a woman, you have such a strange relationship with your body, because especially when you're in the public eye, mm-hmm. you're constantly being judged." Oh yeah, right. And so she is talking about veganism as a way of kind of being conscious of the power of decision in her life, mm-hmm. of exploring her relationship with her, her own mental health. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, like, for all the problems with race and gender, veganism kind of, you know, knocking it out of the park here. Yeah. 
but that's all I had on veganism. Though that's not really in the show. No, it's all. not at all. Yeah. So, so maybe. So I've got I've got show. a couple of fair fouls I'd like to run by you. Okay, I have a couple, but I, I'm assuming we're getting near time. So yeah. you go. So uh, this is from uh, Jen Cheney of Vulture.com on season two. Okay. In a way, the first season of Glow was an origin story that explained how a group of superheroes, uh, yeah, developed their costume alter egos and discovered their hidden powers, which makes Glow's follow-up season the equivalent of the Dark Knight or Spider-Man Two a sequel that exceeds its predecessor in terms of depth of storytelling and sheer entertainment value. There's so much there for you to yeah, do. Yes, it's the Dark Knight, of course, that throws me because uh-huh. it is a beautiful film, but a terrible film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced that the depth of storytelling, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. is totally true of the second season. Mm. I think there are moments where it... People want it to be deeper than it is. Mm. Okay. The Welfare Queen, I'd like it to be deeper. Yeah. I feel like there's like it's like a medium depth instead of like something yeah. more serious. Um But I do think like it's an ensemble, like we talked about earlier. They mm-hmm. needed to spend a season assembling people yes. and getting to know them mm-hmm. so that we can now do things with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would that's um, very much my sense of season two. Does is it that- exceed? I I don't think season two's better than season one. I think I w- I would rate them about equivalently. I think they have different kinds of problems mm-hmm. but that that both are i really enjoy them like i think yeah. they're fun to watch yeah but they both have shortcomings i would i mean i think for me i would rate season two better than season one yeah but i would agree that i think your point about for me it's going for something that seemed very caricatured and surface level to something that's probably mid deep but not as deep okay. as it could go in that way there there is a little more ambition but it's also leading to the problems that yeah. we're talking about Critics agree with you, by the way. Numbers on Rotten Tomato, season one, 95, season two, 99. Yeah. So I've got Both one of more. Both feel inflated to me. Yeah. It's like a 90, 92. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. That's I, what I, think, I would give it. Um, and then this was something I, got, I found, uh, Aisha, uh, Aisha Harris, or Aisha Harris of Slate.com. Yeah. Talking about Genji Cohen. says, if you think this sounds a lot like Orange is the New Black, you are not wrong. Cohen's fingerprints are all over it. And there was this next part that I found really interesting. Yeah. okay. Once again... A classically attractive young white woman, talking about Bree's character, yeah. is the viewer's Trojan horse, smuggling wow. in a whole range of yeah. different character studies and subplots. Holy cow. I that's, found, that's, I found that's, that I, It's absolutely true. And I found that I mean, idea, no and I was trying to think of, of that, that idea of kind of the classically attractive young white woman being the means yeah. by which we meet diversity or inclusivity. But it, it, that in kind a way, of Trojan horse idea. It turns you into a, voy- a voyeur. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a voyeurism, right? Yeah. In a, in well, maybe kind of like, interesting, like, how much safely... of a motif is that actually right. in Yeah. That, that, I think that's actually a, a brilliant idea. I think a lot of times. That's and, the thing, like— I, But I, the I, way in which if you center yourself in Piper mm-hmm. or you center yourself in Ruth— See, I haven't watched Orange is the New Black, so I don't know but that Piper would be, I think Piper would be is the, the character, the, yeah. the classically good-looking, you yeah. know, blonde, white Well, same thing woman. with the main—Mary Louise Parker's character in Weeds. Yeah. That she's the main means by which we find the— that. But I'm also but, wondering, but the, but I'm not sure how much distance, of it is it just a Cohen. Does it there. distance you as, like, the white, let's say, the white viewer? Does it provide you a kind of protection, like, that you're with Ruth or you're well, with I would Piper argue, and thus you're not? Well, like, see, I would argue in Weeds, it's a almost entirely white cast to begin with. Right. But in, so, in the but other think, two. The other two, I the, think it's different. The casts are really, like, one of the great things about Orange and the New Black is mm-hmm. that it had this incredible, Incredibly diverse cast, like right. an almost unheard of in yeah. terms of diverse cast. Yeah. Um, and the best part of the show, to me, was always the non-Piper stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I've heard many people say uh, something similar. The individual backstories are way more interesting than what Piper's doing in the yeah, present. That's almost, what I've, I've heard a lot of that. Almost always. Um, I'm not sure the same is true of Glow. I mean, Ruth is actually a fairly interesting character yeah. in her own right. But I, I'm interested in, in this idea and then pushing it even further that it's a way of mm-hmm. sampling or like yeah, so thinking of yeah. like bell hooks. Right. That it's a way for white Americans mm-hmm. to sort of consume the other. Right. But to do so with safety. Right. Right. Because Ruth is going to be okay. Well, but it kind of, of it's kind of this interesting kind of a double-edged sword in yeah. the sense that, you know, in terms of, of describing it as a Trojan horse – on the one hand, can be read as, you know, is this a device by which the audience is tricked into identifying, identifying with, with, yeah. with others? But also it speaks to what you said, is is that I, is it a safe distance by which to... It's a re- I just found it a really interesting yeah. idea and in terms it's, of a... It's really fascinating. A motif in... Because uh, Harris is clearly identifying it as a motif of Cohen's. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering how much is, of it is, a, is, it, is it a motif in bigger. pop culture. That's that's a that would be a great conference paper. Yeah, that that I just found really interesting. For sure. Like that's a really intriguing notion. Yeah. That I hadn't really yeah. thought of before. Of all the fair and foul you ever brought, mm-hmm. that's a really that's a really sharp idea. Yeah. That's I, I really, really, I just, really it was, when I read it, I was like, I had not drifts into no, just, ambulance, but like to yeah. me, like it's it that's that's really interesting. Yeah. No, when idea. I read that, I was like, wow, I had not thought of and that so, with Ruth. So but it totally. She, but makes she's sense. writing it as a way to trick people into to empathizing with. I'm not sure. That, that's the other thing is the way Harris phrases it. I'm not clear. It doesn't okay. sound like it's tricking. It sounds like it's just a. It cliche. feels to me like she's actually trying to be critical of the show. Yeah. But I'm not entirely sure, yeah. and that that that's what I find really interesting about the device she's identified. Well, because it, cer- it could certainly cut both ways, and that's the thing. Yeah. But you could use it to lure people in and introduce them to diversity in a real human way. Right. But it would also be a, a which might be in a way that maybe maybe Whitaker's doctor is accomplishing. Right. Yeah, it could be the yeah. same thing like with Sam. That, like, but it's really kind of just kind of that idea of idea, yeah, and they just sort of fail you know, at it. It's yeah. a question of what huh. is, in terms of the Trojan horse, like what is the trick? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really interesting. Well, who's getting tricked and who's getting tricked? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just something I found really interesting. That's a. That's a, I think that's a fascinating idea. Yeah. Fascinating idea. And so maybe that's a good idea to end on. We rarely end on the fascinating. We no. usually just deteriorate into well, just general conversation. I like to think that I end on fascinating things, and then someone steps all over them. I like to think the humor of the show, though, Rich, and maybe you want to chime in on this, is that <laughs> you always think you've got a brilliant ending, and mm-hmm. then I dilute it by just kind of talking over it, and then you get really upset, which mm-hmm. makes me laugh. But by the mere fact that you say you dilute it means that my ending was something better before you intervened. Except the dilution in this, this case so is, actually, is actually a paradox. <laughs> The dilution makes it funnier. Yeah. No. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> you, win, you win this argument. Oh, look at that. We're out of time.